Hey, welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode 12, Saturday morning, October 13th, and as I always do, I'll have this posted well before the 11 o'clock a.m. Central Time morning kickoff. Last night I got level 4 Hell Ramen from Strings Ramen in Lakeview, Chicago. That's one level below their highest level, level 5, where they'll give you a t-shirt, your name on the wall, $50 gift certificate, and pay for your whole meal. Basically, pay for your funeral as well. But I'm training for that. It's been, a, it's been an adventure, but let's jump right into this. Before I actually do jump into things, though, a sincere thank you to everyone who has provided feedback to me. And for anyone who's listened to this pod so far, um, all new episodes are posted immediately to SoundCloud, and you can subscribe on iTunes. And if you take a moment to click and give me that five-star rating, it would mean the world, baby. Just search for the Doggy Juice podcast, and then you can follow me at Doggy Juice on Twitter and Instagram for new updates. And as I said, I appreciate all of you listeners and hope that all of you have been making some coin off this so far. This is still a work in progress, but we've won every week so far this football season and won big on some weeks, including the last few weeks. So that has been very exciting. But I'm more concerned with the bigger picture here. There are going to be great runs like this, and there are going to be the inevitable rough patches. But the prudent handicapper and the successful sports better will remain true to their process. Because like investing in any other market, it's all about remaining disciplined and clear-headed in your approach. Don't start doubling down or drastically raising your unit size or anything like that. And in this podcast, I'm trying to dissect handicapping techniques that I've learned and cover concepts that can help all of us find that extra edge or see an angle differently, or at least at the very least, think about things differently. After all, we're all trying to do the same thing. And that's win, baby. I'll keep this episode short but sweet. We'll try to isolate some value on college and NFL games for this weekend. And I'll give you my reasoning for the plays that I recommend making. And as always, remember that this is a numbers game. Having multiple outs in order to find the best number is absolutely quintessential to long-term success in sports betting. Every point, every extra point, and every half point, it really does matter in the long run. It is easy to discard that notion and react more emotionally after each recent play, but I can promise you that in a game where you have to win 52.38% over the course of time just to break even, getting the best number is the nuts. When it comes down, comes down to it, down to it, down to it, read a five percent edge on every individual play that we're making, in order to yield a positive outcome. Doing this in the long term, and obviously doing that successfully is the main challenge. It's why I'm doing this podcast to try and show you how to win that challenge over the long term, and that the tough outcomes and the lemony snickets bad beats will make this process very difficult. So if you're not careful with the things that you can control and you make an emotional mistake with, say, your your bankroll management, like betting too much on one game, or not getting the best number you can in one game, then you're limiting your chances to win in the long run. Sure, you might reel off a few wins in a row and feel good about yourself. You might even get hot and have a winning streak or and have a winning week or even a winning month. But I'm telling you, any random grandma or grandpa can do that. If you're doing this recreationally and playing for pizza money, then so be it. Have fun with it. Just play on your one site. 
betting can be fun for anyone if you do it responsibly. But if you're trying to win long term, you got to get that extra out. Get at least two outs. I would recommend three or more. But the common denominator here is we all love to gamble. And I will give you some concepts in this pod and future pods that you can use moving forward. But if you truly want to win long term, like I said, have multiple outs and find the best number. Another quick aside before I jump into the weekend card. To all those guys who quote-unquote, find someone hot on Twitter and want to start blindly following that person's plays, here's some advice for you. If you're going to look at someone to tell their plays, which I don't recommend, unless it's me, of course, then at least do everything you can to look at their long-term record. Any asshole can go on a winning streak. And if you just log on to Twitter or stumble on some guy and you notice he's a tout and you start following him for a few days and see that he keeps winning for several days in a row although that is obviously a good thing make sure that you are that you you're just aware of the fact that it's easy to get duped by this and beware of this by looking at an incredibly small sample size of the past few days and psychologically allowing yourself to think that this is going to keep happening just beware of that instead you should be paying attention to see what numbers they're playing or what types of bets they're offering. I could promise you that if they're touting parlays or teasers, teasers especially with totals or teasers in any sport besides the NFL, then you should quickly run away. And if you see that they're playing bad numbers when you know they could have gotten something better, that should be your clue that this guy's a fraud and will not win over 52.38% in the long run if you follow their plays. Look at their process. Don't be blindly... um, influenced or blinded by some recent results look at their long their long run their process and and what they're doing don't be blinded by by the recent results so just wanted to get that off my chest because i've when i started out in this i was duped by that in the past you know you look at some guys and you see he's doing so well but then you realize over time he's he's not a winning player and finally the last thing i want to touch on really quickly before i jump on is the concept of when to make your typical pre-flop, pre-game bets before a game. As I said before, getting the best number is the nuts to winning in the long term. So getting your money in at the best number possible should come front and center. It's just like buying stock at the right time in, in the stock market. So in short, when you make a bet, it depends on your, like when you choose to make a bet, depends on your perception of where the market is going to go. And there are no surefire truisms out there that I can share with you here. A lot of it just comes down to your feel of the market, and some of the best and most successful bettors out there are the ones who can feel and anticipate the market movement. One general concept that happens more times than not is, one, the public tends to like favorites on spreads and underdogs on money lines. It makes sense. They like to bet the better team on the spread, and on on the money lines, they like the underdog payout. They would rather risk a little to win a lot instead of risking a lot to win a little. And two, the public likes to bet much closer to when the game begins. This is not an absolute, but you can use this concept to at least get you started. And it's especially true in the more popular games that are more likely to get action from the public. So if I see a good number that I want to play, but I think there's a good chance that the number will get even better, oftentimes I will put a half position down or you know just a partial position down at that number. And that depends, how much I put down depends on how confident I am 
and putting that partial position down in the first place at that particular number, but also how confident I am that the number will move in my favor as the market continues to shape the line. It all depends on your forecast, and forecasting line moves successfully is an art form that, if mastered, will help you beat this game in the long term. All right, that's it for my little spiel. Let's jump right into the weekend card for College Football Week 7 and NFL Week 6. Yeah, baby! (laughs) Starting with College Football Week 7. Iowa State plus seven tonight, a night game in Ames, Iowa. And the first thing you should look at here is the strength of schedule for both teams. West Virginia's strength of schedule is 45th in the country. Iowa State's is second. West Virginia hasn't even played a top 35 team all year. And although Will Greer is a fantastic passer, and he was good value to win the Heisman, I think, and still maybe because I think West Virginia has a great chance to beat Oklahoma at home later in the season this year. And that could be his big Heisman moment. So maybe if you think they are going to win this game, which they're favored by plus, you know, they're favored by seven, uh, laying seven points on the road. It might be a good uh, moment to bet him actually before this game. But give me the value with the Cyclones here, given the spot. And also since they're underrated, in my opinion, according to my my model, uh, they have a great coach in Matt Campbell who is great as an underdog, even dating back to his days at, at Toledo. He's 14-6-1 and six and one in his last 21 games as a dog. At the start of the year, I had these teams power rated very closely and have adjusted, but not this much. Uh, the model has this price at around plus 3.7 to be exact, so I'm getting great value here up to the full touchdown and a good price for some money line sprinkle at around plus 215. Um, check the weather too. If the weather isn't great, then this is even better for the Cyclones because it, it makes Will Greer's passing attack less effective. But shop around here. I've seen some lines dropped, some shops dropped to plus six, plus six and a half. I was able to get on plus seven myself this week, but um, I would definitely recommend searching around and waiting for that seven. Uh, play it at play it less for six and a half because seven really is a key number. But I really like that play. Iowa State at home in Ames tonight getting a touchdown against West Virginia. Another dog I like, but for a smaller play, Kansas State plus seven or better at home against Oklahoma State this morning. It's a small play, but at the start of the season, these teams were much more close in power rating, but obviously Kansas State is disappointed. And right now I have them power rated about nine points apart, which would put my line at around six points after adjusting for home field advantage. So getting that that extra point for the full touchdown is good value here. Um, and also when you look at old man Bill Snyder as a single-digit um, conference dog, he's 24-9 against the spread since he returned back to Kansas State as coach a few years ago. And Oklahoma State, their off- offensive line has not been playing well recently. So on the road, offensive lines usually they don't travel well, especially in hostile environments. So Give me the full touchdown with Kansas State this morning. Favorite I like tonight, USC coming off the bye, laying six and a half at home against Colorado. And this is a classic case where the market is severely overrating Colorado. Um, this is an example of the Joes playing the teams and the pros playing the numbers. And it's, it's ironic because at the beginning of the year, I was playing against USC because I thought they were being overvalued by the betting market. 
and cashed a few of those games earlier in the season. But then the market adjusted so much on USC that I played on them before their bye week. And on top of that, I was I was on Colorado last week, and we cashed that ticket uh, with a one-touchdown victory, laying two-and-a-half at home to Arizona State. The thing is, that was their only game against the top 65 teams so far this season. And on the flip side, USC is battle-tested. And this Colorado team is massively overrated in the AP poll, where they're ranked number 19. But Vegas is onto it, and odds makers, they're not pricing them at all like one of those teams. They have them probably, you know, in like the 30 range, but I think it's even, the difference might even be more wide than that. Um, and on top of that, I think this is just a great spot for USC. They're excellent coming off the bye with Todd Heldon, and they have matched up well against Colorado in the past few years, winning with ease in, in this matchup. Um, and in fact, they've actually never lost Colorado since Colorado joined the Big 12 but I, I got in on this at minus six and a half. Some places it's minus seven, so shop around. Um, but anything laying less than a touchdown here, I like with the Trojans. I'm not going to go crazy on it because USC has been bad laying points at the Coliseum lately. I think they're on a one and six against the spread run as home, home chalk. But I like the spot, so I will be playing on USC tonight at the Coliseum. Another one I'm laying is Virginia Tech on the road at North Carolina. My numbers have this one closer to minus nine after adjusting for uh, UNC home field advantage. So that calls for a decent play at anything under a touchdown, laying under a touchdown, um, only giving minus six and a half here. That's where I got it. So that's a value play. Virginia catching points at home. Plus seven or better. I'm, I'm taking Virginia. I'm on them at that. Right now it's a little less. Um, I would recommend a smaller play at six and a half, but really try and shoot for that, get that full touchdown. Miami's off a big emotional come-from-behind win against Florida State last week, and we were on Florida State catching two touchdowns, cashed that ticket. But Miami, lots of physical and emotional energy spent in that game, coming back to win by one point, and now they travel for their first road game against a Power 5 conference opponent this entire season. Virginia, on the flip side, they're coming off their bye week, and they're 5-1 and one against the spread as a home dog against ranked teams since 2014. So... I like the way that program's going, kind of under the radar. So give me Virginia catching the full touchdown at home today against Miami. Alabama-Missouri under 74.5. You can even maybe get a 75. You should shop around for this as well. This is the highest total for a Nick Saban game. And for me, what stuck out, though, is at the end of their away victory last week at Arkansas, Saban was interviewed, and he said he was not happy with the defense in the postgame interview. They gave up 31 points last week, and you know that this week in practice, they focus more on defense. So I'm getting in on this under, and I'm going to diversify it with some Missouri team total under, maybe for about a quarter of the investment from me. But I think this is a really good spot to play in an Alabama under, although you got to sweat it because they could put up points. <laughs> they can name their score pretty much. So you really, it's also a handicap on, on the uh, – ability of Alabama just not to put up like you know 60 of themselves which they can they can easily do against this Missouri defense but I am this bets more on Alabama's ability to focus on defense and shut down Missouri today I really like Oregon getting the points at home against Washington I was able to find a plus four uh, plus three and a half seems to be the going market rate but if you can get to four that's even better Browning the quarterback for Washington I think he's overrated um I'm keeping this place smaller, but in the past few, especially because um, in the past few years, Washington has been great in this matchup. 
and the edge here isn't too great according to the model and the system I play. But um, so I'm keeping this investment small. But Oregon getting points at home, I think they they can get this one done. Getting getting four points against Washington in that rivalry this afternoon. One interesting game that I've gotten involved with, but it's been a really interesting line move this week, is Nebraska uh, visiting Northwestern in the Big Ten this Saturday morning. This is one of the biggest line movers of the year. It opened around 9, 10 points, uh, Northwestern laying 9 or 10 points, but it cratered throughout the week, and then it got down to minus 3, and that's where I got involved. I, I had it graded out as a lay 3 take seven points scenario and it got to that point where I was able to get on Northwestern at minus three here I think it settled out at minus three and a half but um, getting in at that right number I think it was was the move I think I I am worried about Northwestern in this matchup against Nebraska um, but here I even think I might I lean to the under more but I'm keeping that small because um, there's the return of the Nebraska quarterback and they're fantastic with him at the helm when he's slinging the ball so um, having said that, though, that total moved up to 60, and this is a high number compared to what these teams have been playing at recently. Um, these teams have played every year since Nebraska joined the Big Ten in 2011, and in all seven of those games, these teams have never exceeded this total. And the tempo and pace statistics in recent history suggest that the under is the way to go here. Um, but when you look at the yards per play, for Nebraska, it's sometimes it, it under this quarterback, it's tough. So I'm I'm keeping this one small. I've been kind of confused by the line move on this one, and the market's been really moving this one. So I'm I'm keeping it keeping it small, but Nebraska minus three and the under sixty. I'm getting involved on those. Um, besides that, Iowa has looked really good on the road recently, especially as a favorite. Indiana's coming off that emotional, huge emotional effort loss to Ohio State where they just threw everything they had at the Buckeyes last week. There's not much line value there, but I do lean the Hawkeyes at minus four. Um, as I said, been great as a, as a home favorite recently. Uh, not much value, but if you're leaning one way, I could see or at least justify a small play on the Hawkeyes. Never like to lay points on the road like that, but laying, laying four at Indiana, definitely lean that way. And I also got a lean, just a lean, against uh, one of the Danimal locks of the week and lean LSU plus eight at home against Georgia. When you look at, at Ed Orgeron, he's 5-0 and against the spread as an underdog against ranked teams. He's won four of those outright, the only outright loss being against Alabama last year. He's kind of becoming Tom Herman-esque as, a, as an underdog. Um, and LSU, on top of that, they're more battle-tested than Georgia this year. But at the same time, LSU is only averaging 5.6 yards per play on offense, which is not good at all. Uh, but I could definitely see an argument for a dog, an underdog, and under-correlated parlay here. But I've seen sharp guys on either side of this one, and my numbers have it around right where it should be, so it's tough. Um, so I'm probably just going to wait for in running to maybe get involved in this one. I'm not going to have any pre-flop bets. So good luck to Danimal. He's laying it with, with Georgia today. I think Georgia can easily get the money for anyone who wants to follow him. Uh, but if I'm forced to play that one, I'm going to take the points with LSU. Another one I lean is Duke plus three. wish that number was higher, though, so I'm not going to get involved. Um, like I said, lean Iowa minus four on the road at Indiana. And um, that's it. That's it for the college plays today. Let's move on to NFL Week 6. Hello! Right now, currently... 
four quarterbacks are on pace to break Peyton Manning's season passing yards record. It's just a sign of the times right now in the NFL. Plays that I like. As I've said earlier, finding edges in the NFL, especially earlier in the week, is a difficult errand. But I have found a few plays I like this week that I've got in on, and there's still some value there. So here we go. The Atlanta Falcons, minus three. Um, my, the Doggy Juice model supports this one. And the look ahead on this line was minus six and a half. So I think there's been an over-adjustment on this line. Obviously, that's due to the fact that Atlanta has been dealing with defensive injuries, but this is a desperate spot for them to win a big division game at home. And I know Tampa Bay is coming off the bye week, but it's Winston's first game of the year as a starter and a game that's supposed to have a lot of points. I'd rather have the quarterback and Matt Ryan uh, here instead of Winston, who is prone to those long bomb interceptions. So I think this line basically says these teams are equal. And I don't think that's the case at all. I still think the Falcons are the better team, uh, better units, on, certainly offensively um, and defensively as well, I think, even with the injuries. So uh, I will lay the points with the Falcons at minus three. The Miami Dolphins, and that's a, I got this at plus four. It's at plus three and a half now, but this is a line that has just ran too long. I know, I know it's difficult going against the, the hometown Bears, but I have this power rated right around Bears, Pick them. Bears maybe um, minus minus a half, but and that's after adjusting for home field advantage for Miami. And actually, Miami's home field advantage data shows that it's actually a little bit less. Long term data shows that they might have less than a three point home field advantage, maybe around two two and a half points. But even so, and even with the Bears coming off the bye week, I think Miami can go toe to toe with the Bears here. And in what's supposed to be a lower-scoring game, getting four points at home was an easy value take for me. Um, This line is saying that the Bears are about six and a half points better than Miami, which is just too much. And I'm going to introduce a concept now. Think about this. Miami was getting six and a half last week against Cincinnati, and they were up 17-3 to in the fourth quarter, but lost the game. And it was difficult. I had Miami plus seven. We were up 24 points on the spread in the fourth quarter and still lost, but... That line was basically saying that Cincinnati was three and a half points better than Miami after giving and then giving Cincinnati three points for home field advantage. So here the Bears are laying four in Miami, which essentially says that the Bears are six to seven points better than the Dolphins. So if last week the market was saying that Cincy was three and a half points better than the Dolphins, which we could see was too much, and now the Bears are about six to seven points better than the Dolphins, that's saying that Cincy is about three and a half points worse than the Bears, and the Bears would be laying about six and a half points to a touchdown at home against Cincinnati. Would the Bears be laying a touchdown at home to Cincinnati if they played today? No. That line would be around four and a half according to my ratings, and maybe even less according to where the market has these teams priced. So, and, I mean, think about it. Cincinnati right now, they're saying, is a better team than, than Pittsburgh. So would Chicago be laying almost a touchdown to Pittsburgh right now? No. So this helps prove that we're getting at least two points of value here, but probably more. And this concept is a variation of concept uh, by the late, great David Malinsky. He used to call this concept layering, and it helps demonstrate the value here on Miami when you look at, when you layer the other teams involved in another point spreads. So I think the Bears may well win this game, and they might win it by over a touchdown. And as a Bears fan, I'd be very happy if, if that did happen. 
But I think Miami will game plan well to stop Trubisky. You have that Adam Gase angle coaching against his former team. And the Dolphins also have shut down cornerback Xavier Howard, who has been just dominant so far this year. So I'm taking the value here. I'm on the Dolphins plus four. Had to sprinkle the Dolphins money line at plus 175 just because of the sheer value where I think it should be closer to plus 110 or plus 115 here. So the Dolphins, great value play this week against the Bears. In a ticket, I will gladly lose. The Steelers getting the points. I mentioned Cincinnati before. The Steelers getting two and a half. Uh, that line's actually come down a bit on this now. But my model has this line at, at about a pick 'em after adjusting for home field advantage for Cincy, maybe slightly Cincy favored. But any plus price that we're getting on the Steelers is value here for me. Uh, there looks to be an overreaction to the recent Cincinnati performances. Plus, for what it's worth, Big Ben, he's 25-4-1 straight up in the state of Ohio, and that's where he's from. It's a weird stat, but it's there might be something to it, although I think the Browns obviously skew that stat, but they've done really well at Cincinnati. And on top of that, Pittsburgh's going into their bye week next week, so they're going to leave it all on the line in this game, um, and they're looking for a win. One game I took earlier in the week was Titans plus three with a little extra juice. I found minus 120. Um, but in what should be a lower scoring game here, give me the home team getting a field goal. Um, the Ravens were laying a similar number at Cleveland last week, and the Titans are obviously they're a better team than the Browns. And the Browns beat the Ravens anyway, even though that was a coin toss at the end last week. But I think there's an overreaction here to the Titans' loss at Buffalo last week. Titans are a good home team, and I heard a trend on a podcast that in the NFL, teams on their third straight road game are 111 and 149 against the spread. That's a 42.6% clip, and that that applies to the Ravens here. And another angle, another good angle to like, is the new Titans defensive coordinator, Dean Pease. He was the Ravens defensive coordinator for the previous five years, and their linebackers coach for the two years prior to that. So he knows the Ravens personnel like the back of his hand, and that's a good angle as well. So I, I have this power rated at a, around a pick as well, and give me the points with the home dog here and sprinkle some money line as well. The Patriots, minus three on Sunday night, hosting the Chiefs. little extra juice on that number. I think the going rate is three and a half, but I could see that line moving up even more, although the public will want to bet Kansas City as well. We'll probably see good team two-way action here but I think there's a slight edge here and I also like the revenge angle for the Patriots I think they're starting to finally gel on offense with Julian Edelman back and got Josh Gordon learning the offense so they'll be able to spread the field more Brady has his weapons this line basically says that these are equal teams but I still think the Patriots are the slightly better team Kansas City also has some cluster injuries on defense and you know that Belichick has had this one circled since Kansas City came in their first week last year and dismantle the Patriots so give me that angle and the more experienced quarterback and that home crowd in Foxborough to cash this ticket and this is also quick quick little concept I want to talk about it I think I've mentioned it in previous pods but this is a potential money line favorite value angle on these big isolated primetime games the public like I said earlier in the pod prefers to bet underdogs on money lines they would rather bet a little to win a lot Kansas City is going to be catching the plus price on Sunday night. So I think if you wait until right before kickoff and you can't get that minus three, you still might get good value on the Patriots on, um, on the money line because a lot of public money will come in um, 
on some outs at least on Kansas City money line, getting the plus price, and the books will lower that, drop that, and actually open up 10, 15, maybe even 20 cents of value on the home favorite on the money line just to balance out that action. Um, so that's an angle I'm going to look at. Might look to take, if you can get like minus 140, even up to like maybe minus, eh, close to minus 150. Minus 150 is not as much value, but if you can find that on the Patriots, that'll be a great angle for Sunday night. Um, earlier in the week, I said that the Texans were a great teaser candidate. They were laying eight and a half. You could tease the six points down to two and a half. Uh, unfortunately, that line moved up to 10, so it's difficult to do that. But earlier in the week, I, I gave out and I was able to get on Texans um, teasing six-point teaser Texans down to two and a half through the seven and the three, and the Steelers up to eight and a half through the three and the seven. Um, so Steelers catching plus eight and a half, Texans laying two and a half. Uh, but the lines have moved. Another option, if you want to add the Steelers, you can you can uh, bring in the Titans because Titans are getting two and a half. That's the market rate. If you could tease both teams up to eight and a half, eight, eight and a half through those key numbers of three and seven. Uh, the Titans, that's supposed to be a lower scoring game, so the points are even more valuable there against the Ravens. So that's what I'd recommend doing uh, if you're looking to go to the teaser route. Otherwise, um, that's about it. But at current market numbers, I lean the Browns, I lean the Colts, and I actually lean the Broncos. The Broncos game, it's tough going against the Rams, but actually I've cashed going against the Rams, the big public side the past couple weeks. Um, but taking a full touchdown, if you can find it with the Broncos in a game that's expected to have snow, which can neutralize the Rams' passing attack, I think that could be a good angle. But I know that's difficult to, to stomach that, betting on the Broncos. But um, that could be value at plus seven there. But I'm just leaning that way. Uh, there's only a point or so of value on those for me, so it's not enough for a play. But as always, if the lines move a bit more, we might be able to find some value there. All right. That's it for this week's episode. Just a reminder to get in your Doggy Juice Challenge picks. I post the Super Contest lines for the variation of the NFL Super Contest I play in on my Twitter and Instagram Thursday afternoon. All you got to do is pick your favorite five teams against the spread according to those lines. Send them in to me before noon Central Time kickoff on Sunday. And if you go 5-0, I will Venmo you a $25 prize. Include your Monday Night Football total score tiebreaker in case more than one guy or lady goes 5-0. So remember to do that. We had someone already go 5-0 early this year. Zizzle bizzle. On next week's pod, I will have an NBA season preview. NBA starts on Tuesday night. Can't believe it. And we'll also take a more in-depth look at the Major League Baseball playoffs with some World Series predictions. We'll take an eye, a little look at that. And um, yeah, and we'll dissect the weekend games. So good luck on your action, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the pod. I will see you early next week. Doggy Juice out.